Welcome to Fat Mascara. It's another week of beauty podcasting remotely. My name is Jessica. I'll be your host, Jen. <laughs> right before we started, which we were like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Our poor producer's face was just like, this sounds like you're going to talk about nothing. Jess and I are always ready to talk. I just like seeing your face. I know. I can't believe like I, Honestly, like, I got to tell you, I got to be real with you. First of all, I'm, I'm walking around my apartment, like, closing doors because... That's going to make for great sound quality. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I know. No, Sorry, seriously. guys. This at-home studio situation, I really thought it was going to be for, like, two or three weeks. I did not think this stuff would be carrying on, like, while I was wearing shorts. Like, I really did not think lakes like in college she's ready to go off to college and oh my god it is so it is so heartbreaking like that the the memories that like children are missing out on the graduates the you know i mean there's so many so many terrible things but so many good things too so many good things and and uh we're going to talk about some of them in the beauty world i feel like the beauty world is just like they rose to the occasion you know changes new products keep it going <laughs> we, 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 we have talking about like the horrors of the pandemic and you're like but there have been some amazing new launches from like, <laughs> ulta and sephora that <laughs> that was my shitty attempt at a segue to what we're going to be talking about in this episode oh my but, god but you know you guys sometimes it flows. Sometimes this is what you're getting. Um, but it is a good episode. It's an excellent interview. So we're going to talk about the beauty oh headlines. God. We, we, like, I mean, anyone who has like read the 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 little ca- the little category blurb, they already know. Can we just talk about the guests first? Let's do, let's Go do the for topics it. after. Okay, like freaking Lisa Eldridge, man. Lisa Eldridge was in the virtual studio, and. I I had to I had to keep it together. Yes, you have been a huge fan of hers for so long. I know oh you've God. wanted to have her on the podcast forever. I have to say this is one of the upsides of the whole pandemic. Some of these guests that we have never been able to find a time to record with yeah. are available and Lisa was a delight. The interview is just creativity oozing out of that woman. You're going to love it. Um, Before we get into that, Jess is going to do the headlines. I'm going to heckle her while she does them. (laughs) And then we're going to talk, we're going to talk about underarm discoloration. Here I am in my sundress. So I'm like nervous to talk about this. Um, It's going to be a great episode. Yeah, there's a lot of skin on my Zoom right now. There you go. Lots of skin. Okay, guys, let's do this. ready for the headlines for the news flash i am can i also say i know there was there's music and we love the music i had a listener email me and say i was listening back to an old episode and i'm really glad you don't sing as much as you used to oh god (laughs) i'm sorry about that guys not singing just listen to music take it away jess you know what it must take for somebody to actually take make the effort to write about something like that? It was in a positive email. She was saying she liked something, or maybe it was in the Instagram. And, uh, oh, I was singing while I waited for you. She's like, you used to sing a lot more. I'm glad you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the show is always evolving, always evolving. Okay, so Johnson & Johnson will no longer be selling skin lightening products. So these products, if you're if you're saying skin lightening products – Whoa, I don't see any of those at the CVS. Well, these products are popular in parts of Asia and the Middle East. 
J&J um, had a product called Clean and Clear Fairness Products. The, um, these are also sold in India, and they have a Neutrogena, yes, Neutrogena, called um, Fine Fairness Line. And these this Fine Fairness Line, uh, the spokesperson said that this line is actually perceived in an unintended way, okay? They say it's unintended. It's, they say that it represents fairness as being better than your own unique skin tone. Okay. Oh, and, so, and a lot of people take that to mean fairer as in as lighter. lighter okay. And yeah. they said that the Neutrogena products have pro, um, have ingredients that can help fade dark spots from sun damage, but these are not actually whitening or bleaching products. Yeah. This is an evolution. I think everyone's responding to like what is happening all across the world, giving a second look at flags, statues, skincare products. Right, right, right. Um, Jen, remember when we were in Ghana? I re- That's actually where Jen and I met. Well, we didn't meet like just in Ghana. We met at the airport on the way to Ghana. But we went um, on a press trip many years ago for Jergens. And I remember seeing a ton of skin lightening and whitening billboard products, um, advertisements for products there. Yeah, they're still all over. I mean, I've traveled a lot in Africa and I've been to India and a lot of the products are still there. I think it's also a language thing. Sometimes um, when the product names are translated, it comes off very like derogatory in a way. It, yes, some of these are lightening products, but some of them you just want to fade dark spots, which doesn't matter your skin tone. You might want to do that. So I think that they're just getting on board with the language needs to be really careful. Right, exactly. So Unilever is also revisiting the language to your point. So they're removing references to white and whitening in their skincare products. And they're trying to, they're about to change the name of their fair and lovely brand, which is sold throughout Asia. I think that's just kind of dated sounding anyway, right? Fair and lovely. Yeah. It's very 50s. <laughs> it reminds me of like a Disney movie or something. Fair and lovely. So um, they're going to rename that brand in the next few months. They clarified that fair and lovely has never been and is not a skin bleaching product. Um, it uses a combination of vitamin B3, glycerin, UVA, and UVB sunscreens to protect skin from discoloration. So dark spots, etc. So Again, it is not a skin bleaching product, but in light of everything that we are learning as a um, as a people, you cannot name things like fair and lovely because of all of the um, implicit racist undertones or not even undertones, overtones. <laughs> and, um, exactly. And we stay tuned for the in the next couple weeks. We actually are going to have a guest on who can touch on some of this and has a scientific background and has written about this. So we'll get more into this discussion in the future. Yes. Now, phase two of Pattern Beauty has just dropped. So Tracy Ellis Ross announced it on her Instagram last week. Her message, um, you should definitely hit up her Instagram. We're going to be putting a link to it on our blog. She had a pretty lengthy Instagram video about it. She has a beautiful message about Pattern Beauty and why she launched it. She reinforced that her whole mission behind the line. I personally was moved by her message. I am a Tracy Ellis fan. Who is not? I'm like a huge Blackish fan. That's one of like my only like sitcoms that I watch. It's so fun. Like I don't really love a lot of scripted TV. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, Blackish and Dirty John are my main uh, like like TV shows right now. Besides all my. Uh, my bravo, like, you know, guilty pleasures. But uh, she is just fantastic. But also her voice 
just like check it. It's got she's got a lot of ASMR vibes right now. Oh, well, look who her mom is. Of course yeah. she has a voice. <laughs> she is honestly one of my answers to that to our five mascara five mascara questions. Who what celebrity do you think you'd be friends with? Like I'm sure we'd be friends with Tracy Ellis Ross. Come She's on. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. I'm excited about the gel too because I've been doing ponytails in the summer and I always have frizz halo mm-hmm. and there's like an edge control gel now that I'm very excited to try. So those just came out. Two new products. Yeah. I so check out the styling products. This is big news for her. Okay. Now what would I listen, I'd really try to edit out any superfluous Kardashian news because we could just be here all day. We could just have a Kardashian <laughs> controversy. Well, there's like 27 podcast. of them, so yeah. Yeah, so I really, I'm very selective for anyone who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, more Kardashian stuff. But this one's kind of big. KKW Beauty is reportedly being sued by its contract manufacturer, Seed Beauty, after Cody confirmed that it is in talks with with Kardashian West, that is Kim Kardashian West, regarding a possible collaboration. So I have a feeling, this is just Jess here talking, I have a feeling that um, (laughs) Kim is no stranger to getting herself and like legal action so you know i doubt she's like tossing and turning in her well she's practically a lawyer at this point she can just handle it herself (laughs) right no seriously she's been studying yeah so i i i don't think that you know she's too worried but it's just interesting how there's always there's always some bit of kkw news in our headlines these days and then last but not least the FDA warns against toxic hand sanitizer. Now, longtime listeners of our show will know that we do not throw around the word toxic. It's actually a real pet peeve. Or detox. Yeah. Okay. Non-toxic beauty. Uh, is this this hand cream toxic? You to- got a liver. It does that stuff for you. Do not need to detoxify. Exactly. Right. It's, uh, there's a lot of fear mongering <laughs> in beauty and we will not sit idly by. But when the FDA says that hand sanitizer is toxic, we do straighten up a little bit. Um, this, uh, this, there's a manufacturer called Esk. I might, I'm going to sound this, pronounce this wrong, guys. Es, Esk Biochem. Actually, what, that wasn't that hard. Esk Biochem S A de C V in Mexico. Wow, I did it. Um, there is a potential presence of methanol, which is wood alcohol, a substance that can be toxic when absorbed through the skin or ingested. So the FDA has identified a list of products manufactured by this company on their website, and we're going to link to it on the blog. So it's worth taking a glance at um, making and making sure that you don't own anything by this company. I always check the FDA warnings and we try and bring them to you guys. We'll give you a link to the general place where the FDA also puts out these like recalls and warnings. They don't actually happen as frequently as you would think. Exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of big news when they do. So if you have yeah. any hand sanitizers, turn them over and look if Esk Biochem SA de CV, we'll put a link on the blog, uh, has manufactured it. That could not be a good thing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You'll 
You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I want to collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Okay, I want to talk about pits, man. <laughs> the pits, the armpits, the underarms. Yes. So it is now tank top season, and I, I see you, you're wearing something strappy, Jen. Well, actually, right as soon as we're done recording, I'm actually going to drive to the beach. So I'm in a sundress right now. Look at you. I'm going to try and see how it is. I'm so curious to see who's there, if people are there with or without Which beach masks. are you going to? Um, Fort Tilden out in Southern Brooklyn. Okay, hipster. Hipster okay. Jen. Wait, aside, one time I went to Fort Tilden, I kid you not, I saw a guy with his blanket out and a typewriter. He brought a God. typewriter to the beach. Oh, I'm going to leave you with that image of Brooklyn at its worst. Ugh. Now let's talk about underarms. <laughs> I think I'm done. Okay, listen. Yes, my pits are out. So listen, here's the scoop. I had to know, a lot of people have asked this like over the course of the show, what's up with the discoloration under the arms? Is it from the shaving? Is it just like age? Is it just like life being like annoying? Like why as we get older or like just, I mean, even when I feel like when I was like in middle school as I started shaving, I started getting like weird like underarm like, it, it's just not that beautiful kind of seamless color from, like, you know, the inside of your, 
you know. Yeah, inside our beauty knowledge, it is one of the most retouched parts of a photo. Whenever we do a beauty shoot, if an arm is up, I guarantee you that armpit was retouched. Yeah, like what, what, yeah, what happens? Like it's, it just, it's, it gets like all like, becomes like a cave, like a, like a, like a cave, like a, like a cavernous cave. Of discoloration and darkness and weird spots and yeah, what's going on? So I asked Dr. Sobel, Dr. Howard Sobel, I knew he would give it to me straight. This guy does not, you know, mince words. And he just said, listen, the skin on and around the underarms, it can become darker and discolored because of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And why does that happen? It's not just shaving. It's just the constant rubbing together of skin in that area. It's just friction, baby. Okay. And this can also happen in the back of the neck, the elbows, the knees. Think about your elbows. Oh, my elbows and knees are like elephanty. Oh, because mm-hmm. they're moving so much. Exactly. It's not just the shaving. This is a side effect of like shaving and plucking hair. That can also bring it up. Okay. And that stimulates excess melanocyte production. There's a lot of activity here that's causing all of this discoloration. Yeah. Now, if you want to even out the pigmentation, you can get your money together, go to a dermatologist and get hit with a laser, okay? I don't know what your funds are looking like in the pandemic, but that's kind of a, you know, that's a little bit of a luxury right now. So I said, Dr. Sobel, tell us about some topicals. I want to know what can we do at home? (laughs) He said, okay. Oh, by the way, one of the first things, this is like, you know, dummies, you know, are us, but if you lubricate, that word's so gross, but if you lubricate while shaving, that's going to help. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us to lubricate every day so that when there, there's no friction, like just stick some silicone under there. No, so you're no, like, no, no, whoop, no, whoop, you want to like when you're shaving, you want to use like the more you use shaving cream, the, the better you off you'll be. The more you like, hi, the more you hydrate your body with body lotion. Similar to your bikini line discussion from a couple exactly, weeks ago. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, hydrate those elbows, hydrate those knees hydrate the underarms, take your body lotion up to the underarms, guys, if you're not like putting an antiperspirant deodorant. Oh, okay. But if you really have a serious, you know, issue with the, with discoloration in the armpits, I keep on touching my armpits because this conversation is making me like so weirded out. Get yourself an over-the-counter anti-melasma hydroquinone 2% cream called Meloderm 2%. I went okay. online, I looked at it. It's cheap as chips. If you're not pregnant, you can use it. Yeah, people get scared about hydroquinone, but it's really at the much, much higher concentrations that exactly. could even have any sort of side effects. I'm not afraid of hydroquinone. I know people get very freaked out, usually probably the same people who are telling me that my products are toxic, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm not freaked out by the hydroquinone. If you are freaked out by the hydroquinone, I have a substitute for you. Dove Even Tone Antiperspirant, Okay. This, this Dove deodorant does not get the play that I think it needs to be getting because this is a great product and it's only about $6. This has much gentler ingredients that are said to help even out the skin tone, help with cell turnover. So try that first. Like skin facial ingredients, but in your deodorant. Exactly. Stick. And you know how I feel about Dove deodorant. I love it. I know you do too, Jen. One of my faves. So One of my faves. So try that first. Now, if the, the 2% is not doing it for you, let's go back to the hydroquinone. There are also 4% hydroquinones that require a physician's prescription. So maybe talk to your doctor or dermatologist about that. I still guarantee you it's cheaper than getting hit with the laser. You want the cheapest solution of all? I'm going to end on it. I have it for you. T-shirts. 
No, grow your armpit hair. If you grew out your hair, you wouldn't see any of the discoloration. I think that may still be too aggressive of a solution for many people. I do, too. I do, too. I was just thinking about it as you were talking. I was like, oh, yeah, we should just acknowledge that a really easy fix is keeping your underarm hair. I, unfortunately, am beyond that because I got lasered about 10 years ago. So there's no regrowth happening here. Um, Yeah. But yeah, this is this is for people clearly who shave their underarms or get rid of the hair so they can see the skin. Check out the Meloderm, guys. I I've been in the business a long time and I have not heard that product recommendation. I didn't know you could get a hydroquinone that inexpensive at a two percent level. That's yeah. actually a great great tip. Um, really cool tip. But again, please, if you're if you're pregnant or nursing, no, no, no. Then just let it grow, grow, grow. No, Jess is giving me a face. She didn't like that one. <laughs> Thanks, I, I Doctor. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that was not funny. Um, Dr. Howard Sobel, he's always like a wealth of knowledge. Hey, everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line. And after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. 
please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honeylove. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there. When I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. We are absolutely over the moon to be here with makeup artist Lisa Eldridge. This is hardly a slow season for Lisa, who is busy as ever creating videos for her channel, lisaeldridge.com. You can also find her videos on her YouTube channel. But we would never call her a YouTube makeup artist. She is that rare makeup artist who straddles so many different worlds. She's created looks for virtually every single major fashion magazine cover and celebrity, and has collaborated with every big designer for their fashion campaigns. Oh, and she also works with big brands like Chanel, Shiseido, Boots, and most recently, Blancome, where she is currently global creative director. She's also an author. She's created her own line of lipsticks and also her own range of fine jewelry. Welcome, Lisa. Okay, Lisa, you have said in another interview, we did a little research. Okay. You love faces. And I thought that was a really interesting little quote. So when you look at a face... What do you notice? Everything. I know that's scary for people who meet me, but I notice so much. I think that like my when I go to the art galleries, for example, I'm a I'm, I'm a weird person to go to an art gallery with because I just love looking at paint, paint treatment and painter's treatment of skin. So, like say for example. Lucy and Freud, you go and you look at the painting close up and you see green paint, purple paint, red, yellow, green, white, every color in the rainbow. And then you step back, obviously, and you look at the painting from far away and then you see skin, a skin tone. Um, I'm just so fascinated by that and by detail, color in eyes, um, the way light reflects on a face. And this is something that started when I was really, really young. Um, So I just see I guess, a lot of detail. I think it's probably a bit like when you've got a newborn baby and the way you look at them, like every detail. I'm a little bit like that with faces. And it's it's not a critical thing by any 
by any chance. It's more, I just see so much beauty in faces and I just love, um, yeah, I just love faces. I can't really explain it any more than that. It's just something that I've sort of been born with, really. So when you approach a face, how do you kind of decide what you want to play up? And I'm thinking about mm-hmm. our listeners, you know, they you know, look in the mirror every morning. They are, you know, for the most part, really into makeup and, and color. What can they take from this? You know, how can they kind of look at their face with a less critical eye. I love that you said, you know, you're not looking at it with a nitpicky eye. You're looking at it with this really like a beautiful appreciation. Yeah, definitely. How can they kind of borrow from you? I think what's hard when you look in the mirror is that you're looking at a very static image, you know, your static two-dimensional self. So you're just looking and maybe you're honing in on the problematic areas or the things that you think are problematic. Whereas when I see a face, so when a model or an actress sort of arrives at the studio or whatever, I'll be sort of almost studying them as they come in. And I'm, I'm starting to see things like I'm seeing, oh, the way that highlight naturally caught her cheek just then. Oh, oh, that top lip shape, so beautiful. And I'll sometimes be almost saying, hi, how are you? And I'm saying to my assistant, uh, or get the uh, so-and-so product out because I'm already... <laughs> seeing like what I can really enhance and what I can beautify. And I think from a, in terms of your listeners, it is about, um, you know, looking at yourself in different angles in, in motion and seeing that the way the skin, your skin reflects light and how you can enhance that. And when you talk, how your, your lips are and how your, um, it's very hard to explain it because obviously if you're looking in a mirror, it is a totally flat image, but um, it is about just, I mean, you just, you need to look at yourself in a way that is kind and look at the aspects of your face that are really beautiful and wanting to play those up. And of course, makeup's amazing because when we've got a blemish or a spot, we can cover that. And I'm all for that. I mean, who wants a permanent reminder of a temporary blemish? But to anything else, I just think, you know, play up the natural tones in the skin, even out the skin tone, but keep it so that it does look like skin. And then for eye shape, I mean, when people smile and when they're animated, um, you know, there's just every face is incredibly beautiful when it's animated. So bear that in mind. Don't just look at yourself like with this horrified look, you know, staring in the mirror in some awful bathroom <laughs> light and say, oh, my God, I've got lines on it. Actually, when you're out and you're talking, nobody sees that. Nobody's interested in that. What people are seeing is passion. They're seeing, you know, um, interest they're seeing a sparkle in your eye of course we all want long lashes and luscious brows and nice looking skin but there's so much more than that you know to beauty it really is it's such it's it's a much bigger world and a much bigger thing than that that's beautiful it makes me think of when you catch a reflection of yourself where you don't realize it's you for that millisecond before you realize it's you you could be so objective and I find like I'm always like Oh, that woman's pretty, and then I realize it's me. And like, yeah. you're you're so kind. People are so much kinder to others than they are to themselves sometimes. Definitely, so yeah. That's good advice to try and bring that back to yourself. Um, I love that. Another thing we've noticed about the way you work with makeup is this historical appreciation mm-hmm. for the craft. Where did that come from? I mean, you already mentioned painters and going to art galleries. Is is it that or where else? I just think I'm a very curious person. I'm very interested. Like, I'm rarely satisfied with an answer. I'm like, I want to know more. So I think I 
got into makeup. My mom wore makeup and was quite is quite glamorous. You know, she's still wearing a red lipstick when she's FaceTiming me at the moment. We went to my grandmother's house and I found in her old bedroom a lot of her old makeup from when she was a teenager, which I just found this makeup so interesting. And I was like, wow, my mom used to wear like all this makeup and and I started doing sort of face charts, but using the old makeup. And then I just got very curious after that about, oh, why did it used to be in like, why was that in a tube or why did that look like that? And I just started to want to kind of piece together, you know, I was interested in makeup. So I wanted to know why people wore makeup. What was the first makeup? Why did people start buying makeup as opposed to making their own? And I think as the more I kind of got into that world, and I'm someone that loves researching anyway, I, I want to be an expert, if not the world expert, if I'm interested in something, I'm, I'm annoying like that. And I just thought, well, this is so interesting because it's not just the history of the products, but it's the history of the marketing and the materials and the societal and the cultural history and all of that, which... I'm as interested in that as I am almost in the future of makeup because I love cosmetic science. I love what makeup can be. And, you know, I love imagining how we're going to make ourselves up in 30 years time. And I think for the minute I got my first job in um, product development, which was actually at Shiseido, which was a good place, obviously, to start. And I went to Japan and I think they probably thought I was so annoying because you know, I was supposed to just design a makeup brand. And I was like, okay, you know, I want to go to all the shops, the small shops, not in central Tokyo, but take me into like the provinces. And I want to ask people why they're wearing this makeup and, um, you know, what, what do they like about it? And then I'd go to the labs there and I would be saying, well, you know, can we do that? And why can't we do that? And can you explain to me why that's shiny and that isn't? And then they'd be like, oh, it's just the volatile silicones. I'd be like, oh, tell me all about those. I'm just one of those people. I'm like, a, I'm probably a marketing and PR person's nightmare. To me, it's just the most interesting thing to know where something's come from. So even when I work for brands, like I like to know, even years ago, I'd say, oh, can I get into your archives? Like, as soon as they'd want to employ me for something, I'd be like, oh, can I visit your archives? They'd be like, why? I'd be like, I just want to see, like, what you used to do and what you, you know, not because I want to copy that, but I think it's nice to have the full picture, you know, to see something 360. You want to understand where it came from, what it's done right, what it's done wrong, what it may be, um, you know, what are the key moments, and that helps you to kind of move brands into the future as well. So, I've just always been interested in it. It's a perfect combination of both, you mentioned the cosmetic chemistry of it, the history of it, and loving faces and seeing all these colors. Um, obviously, you're doing the right thing with your job. <laughs> and you, you've said like you can see a face and know if it's going to eat makeup, probably because of the science of the products, but also what that person's skin is like. So many people can relate to this. <laughs> like, How do you know when we put on makeup that like, you feel like it just disappears in seconds. How do you know if someone has that type of skin or face? We get that question a lot from listeners. Well, there's two there's two types of makeup eaters. So two types of hungry faces that I think anyway. <laughs> there's the, the faces that can just take so much makeup. Like someone can sit down and you can put a tiny bit of makeup on them and they look so fully made up that like almost like you want to pair it back because and then someone else can sit down you start to do their makeup you halfway through the makeup and you realize you've got to put way more on to achieve a natural look and that's to do with like having almost 
some faces were a bit like blank canvases. So they'll sit down and I'll, I can spot it now. But in the beginning, like you wouldn't realize how much makeup you could put on them and they can still look completely natural. Other people will sit down and they've almost got natural makeup on already. It's to do with their features. It's to do with the shading on their face. It's the physiology of the face and the structure of the face, which lends itself to natural highlights and um, contour already. Lisa, are there any celebrity examples you're comfortable giving, like of somebody who has like that kind of face? So say a model like Karen Nelson, who's been so successful in fashion. She has like a blank, like a makeup artist dream face. You can paint and paint and paint. You know, you can do all kinds of looks. You can't do that necessarily on every type of model or every celebrity. Someone I've never worked with, but I'm just trying to think of a good example of someone with natural makeup would be somebody like Brooke Shields. You know, there's a lot of shading, there's lash, there's almost like an eye line there already. There's the brows. Some people's faces just have that. And then there's the second category, which I think is what you're talking about, which are the absorbent faces. So they're the the faces that you put on the makeup. I mean, it's not always people with oily skin tones. It can be just a particular type of maybe dehydrated skin or skin that you put the makeup on. It literally goes... It sucks in. And then you've got the face touches. So the people that don't even know, you put the makeup on and mm. they've already touched their face a thousand times. And I say, <laughs> don't touch your face. And they're like, sorry, I, I didn't think, I haven't touched it. And they're like touching their face all over. You know, and you'll be on a job and it's like, it's supposed to be a red lip and there's three models or there's three celebrities. You put the red lip, it's perfect on them. And then 10 minutes later, you're on set, you know, and someone's lip is absolutely perfect. The other person has nothing <laughs> left. And you're like, what happened? They're like, what? What? I'm that model. Yeah. There's like food over yeah. here, red lipstick on my ear. <laughs> so they're literally yeah, like, eating it, touching it, whatever. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely like hungry faces and blank canvases and people with natural makeup. So there's a lot to be said about getting to know yourself, like who you are in terms of makeup and looking at your face in daylight and just figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. I think that the ultimate way to be your own personal makeup artist is just to get to know your own face, really. So let's talk about your channel. Now, when we met, I think it was about um, maybe six or seven years ago. I remember that it was at um, a Lancome event. I remember you told me that when you were starting your channel, not everyone completely got it. They didn't totally get what you were doing. And I I don't totally remember this exactly, but I think there was maybe even a celebrity in your corner who was saying like, no, this is a great idea. Go for it. Tell me about like what the, where the idea came from and what the perception of what you were doing was at the time. Well, I think that um, I first got shown a YouTube video on a, a big sort of fashion shoot And someone said, have you seen these girls, you know, in their bedrooms, they're putting on makeup and it was really early days and um, they kind of got it up on the screen and everyone was watching it in a bit like, oh my God, that's hilarious, sort of funny. I was like instantly, that's punk, that's pure punk there. I mean, this is amazing. This is going to change. I remember thinking, I'm so lucky to be alive in this moment in beauty because this is I thought at the time, this is equivalent to what happened in the interwar years when makeup went from being something that only rich people, royalty, aristocrats could afford to being available to everyone. I thought this is like the biggest sea change I've ever seen in the industry. At the time, I thought it was on on par with that. And now I think it's actually much bigger than that. 
Um, and and why, why did I think that? Well, if you think that like the 2000s, early 2000s to probably the mid 2000s was the height of the unbelievably retouched beauty image. You know, if you look back at campaigns from that time now, they look like illustrations almost. And there was um, a kind of, I remember doing ads and things, you know, um, working as a makeup artist, doing ads for beauty companies, and it'd be a mascara and it would be like crazy claims, like... Now, I, I put a full set of false lashes on and this mascara's line would be, you know, we'll make your eyelashes look 27 times longer and, you know, 60 times thicker. And and then you'd come on set and they'd be saying, oh, can you put more lashes on? I'd be like, what, another set of false lashes put on another? So it was the, it was the height of that. And we'd just come out of that. I think like the Dove campaign had just come out. And so everything was felt like it might change, but it, we were still in that world. And then to see someone on YouTube completely uncommercialized, <laughs> incorruptibly sitting there in like no corruption, sitting in a bedroom with a mascara and saying, well, I tried that. And they said it was supposed to be 20 times longer, but actually it came <laughs> off on me. I was like, oh my God, this is like <laughs> a big finger. And I've, you know, up yours to like the industry. She raised a middle finger. You couldn't see it. <laughs> this is so like exciting. And I remember saying to like big brands at the time, you know, haven't you seen these girls on YouTube? Like they're talking about makeup and they will actually say if it's good or not. So, and they'd be like, oh no, 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 no. We're a luxury brand. You know, it's nothing to do with us. That's so amateur. So there was this real, like, there was such an unpretentious, authentic and earnest world of beauty being born at the same time that there was this like heightened level of marketing uh, claims and retouching going on. So it was just so interesting for me. And I think, you know, that real amateur world versus the pro industry um, was, it was so separate, segregated at the time. And um, most brands like weren't interested. They didn't even look at it. Um, So, and for that reason, it remained uncorrupted or incorrupted for about 18 months. You know, it was such a pure, pleasurable world where everyone was truly themselves. Um, you know, you had somebody that was sitting in their bedroom, someone, you know, Lauren Luke was there with their dog snoring in the bathroom. I was like, oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. No, no beauty brand can compete with this level of authenticity and trustworthiness, you know, just try, you know, and that, that to me was really, really exciting. Um, so yeah, so I just decided to start doing my own videos and, um, it was scary. I was so scared because I thought, oh my God, if the publicists see it, are they going to say, oh, we can't book Lisa anymore for A-list celebrity. She's on YouTube now. You know, it's, <laughs> it was such like a dirty <laughs> wear. Like it was so, it was such a like awful thing to admit. So I did it. Yeah, so did you I, tell people? Were you no, like, you know, at, no. were you at shoots and jobs? Like, check out my YouTube channel, you know, subscribe. Never, <laughs> never. I, did, I was so under the radar. Like I put my first video out and I thought, is that the end of my career? But I so believed in it. So I was like, I, I didn't think it was, but I, it could have been. Uh, and I kind of kept it quiet. And I remember about two years in, I did a really, really cool, like a really like cool, cool, cool job with like, you know, I won't say names, but like amazing photographer and I really like fashion, fashion, fashion stylist and hairdresser. And I kind of walked in and the, it was the stylist assistant went, oh, I love your videos on YouTube. And everyone kind of went in slow motion, like looked at me. 
And then I remember them saying, you do videos on YouTube. And I, and all I could think to say was, I just said, yes, but it's not for you. It's for real people. And just like, start oh my God, <laughs> like putting up my, like, and like getting all my kit up because I was so like, oh my God, like the secret is out. And like, um, yeah, and it was, there was actually, I was working with um, Kate Winslet and I just remember being on a job with her. I think I was at a house and um, a friend of hers came in that I'd never met before. And she introduced me and she said, oh, this is Lisa, you know, she's great. She says, my makeup. Oh, she, and she makes these amazing videos on YouTube. And I was like, oh, do you know about those? And she was like, yes, yes. You know, she used another makeup artist in LA. She said, oh, yeah, my makeup artist in LA told me. And I know all about them. I can't believe we've never spoken about them. And I was just like, it was like a relief, actually. I thought, well, I've always believed in it. And I think it's really good. And I love it. So it's just nice that, you know, it, it, it started to become recognized in that way. So, um, so yeah, that was how it sort of happened, really. So this kind of, this is a really nice segue into my next question. So I do a lot of reading in my private time. And right now I've been very interested. I love this author, Tara Moore. She's actually like a speaker and everything. And she talks a lot about um, she's like a, a coach. She's fantastic. And she talks a lot about how women and self-doubt gets self-doubt gets in their way of them kind of becoming their most actualized versions of themselves. And I, you know, you're kind of, you've kind of already answered my question, but I wanted to know, you know, kind of how you plowed through that, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this kind of narrative in your head. And are, were there other times where self-doubt came into your mind during your career and this is just kind of on my mind a lot as women go through different parts of their careers or not even their careers just like in their lives because you have this incredible career I mean it really is I feel like I'm blowing smoke right now but it really is spectacular you're not just a makeup artist or somebody who created a line you really have a very unique imprint in the industry but here you are kind of on set like oh you know don't look at me sorry uh, you know I'm embarrassed about this one point that's insane to me and I'm sure it's insane to our listeners right now so how did you really push through that well I believed in it in myself so that's why I wanted to push through and I think I'm somebody that I quite like to be scared by something. I've done it time and time again, and I don't really know why I do this. I'm sure there's a psychologist that will tell me, like, you've done that for this reason. I've never looked at it, but, you know, when I had this feeling, I want to do YouTube, I believe in it. I think it's a sea change moment in the beauty industry. I was never not going to make videos. And I think if you really believe it deep down, I mean, all the self-help people will say, if you believe it in your gut, um, and I, I've not trained or read any books about that, but I just feel like if you feel it in your gut and you believe it at 100%, it will definitely work out, whatever happens. I've always felt mm. that. I mean, you just It might be really tough. It might take a long time. There might be lots of people giving you, you know, telling you to give up. There'll be people telling you you're not good, whatever. If you really believe it and you think it's the right thing to do, then you have to do it. You have to. It's your it's your calling. It's what you're supposed to be doing and you have to do it. I love that. I also love the fear thing. I actually turned down a job recently because I was like, this doesn't scare me at all. And that just seemed like death. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no growth in it. 
And I feel like some people are like, oh, if it's scary, then you shouldn't. But I think it actually is the opposite. You're right. Um, I'm thinking about your viewers now as they watch your videos. And of course, picturing Kate Winslet is one of them. <laughs> now I just, she's just now your everyday viewer for me. But what, how would you describe your relationship with them? Because, you know, over the last six, seven years, you've developed a rapport. Uh, why do they come back to you? What are you offering them? Um, I think they know that I'm very, um, I don't get my head turned easily by new products or people telling me like, you know, this is the latest thing and it's amazing. If it's good, I'll decide if I think it's good or not. Um, and if I believe it's worth sharing, then I will, but it's not a given. Um, I think they trust me. I mean, I do get that time and time again. We trust you. I've never done any sponsored content ever, um, which at the beginning was people like, oh, why are you doing that? I was like, well, I kind of, it's not what I'm involved in YouTube and social media for it was you know I'm a makeup artist I've got a job this was something that I wanted to use to talk about makeup and to really get together with like-minded people and you know I've learned so much from from my viewers and I think that there's just something about talking to like-minded people or helping people and enjoying makeup for the pure joy of it no other reason. I've got nothing to sell. What's your most popular video today? Sorry, I didn't check the YouTube count before we got on the the, uh, the line here. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's usually the no makeup makeup look, the pinpoint concealing technique, flawless complexion, sort of that kind of thing. And I think that also when I did that one about, it was like a trailer for my history book. It was like the best and worst looks. And I've got all the different looks from all the different eras that, that one's really popular as well. So it's there's a lot of complexion. So for our listeners who love beauty, but they, you know, don't feel as confident as maybe you do <laughs> doing your makeup every day. Uh, so that's a lot of us. What's something that anyone can do that you feel always looks great? Is there a kind of like foolproof? Maybe it's like, you know, a great blush or a quickie smoky eye, what can anyone do to look fantastic every morning? For me, it would definitely be the thing that you can say to pretty much everyone is evening out your skin tone, whether it means just covering a bit of, you know, a few broken capillaries, a blemish or some pigmentation is a no brainer because instantly when you look at your face, even if it's only in one area of your face that you've concealed, you're immediately you know your whole face is brighter and clearer and so something like that so a, a good concealer um good skincare good concealer and then most people when they're looking at you they're not studying only me but most people <laughs> when they look at you they're not studying every area of your face they're looking at your eyes you know me people look at your eyes they maybe look at your lips while you're talking they go up and down they're not looking at that Thing at the side of your face there that you've been staring at for days because you think it's like so unsightly. No one's looking at that. No one cares, honestly. So it is about really just bringing out the natural beauty in your skin. I have to ask about this concealer for broken capillaries, which is my thing. Like I have all those little red things. What concealer do you like to use for that kind of thing? Sorry, I'm interrupting. Got to get some help for myself here. No, no, no. no absolutely. Because <laughs> people always talk about under eye concealer. That's not my issue. My issue is the redness and capillary. What do you like for that? I think that you just need any concealer, which has got a good amount of coverage. So although you're not going to use it all over your face, you need 
you need pigment. So there's no point using something that's supposed to be a highlighting conceit. No, forget it. You need something with heavy duty and then you use the tiniest amount and almost like your... Are we talking like sensual skin enhancer, like Kevin Aquan heavy duty or not quite there? It could be that if you're quite experienced because you need to really thin that one out. But something like just a really heavily pigmented, um, I'm trying to think of like different ones. I've got so many in my kit. It could be like a Laura Mercier. It could be like a, a camouflaging um, one uh, from Longcom in the tubes. It could be NARS, the you know, in the tubes, anything which has a good amount of pigment and then just dot it on like in a really small way and then just start to blend and almost you're pushing it into that area and then blending around the edges. And it's just something that is going to cover it and you're going to be left with some kind of a natural skin tone at the end of it. So you don't want something which you're then going to powder and you're not going to powder the rest of your face because then you're going to have a really almost, you know, kind of matte area, which is going to emphasize it more. So it is just about working it into the skin, really in synergy with the skin, something heavy duty coverage, but thinned out. (laughs) <laughs> Got it. I think no, it's good advice because a lot of people just think, oh, this one's nice and sheer, and they layer it on. Then you see the concealer. Yeah, because not so skin. much of it. But no, so don't be scared of those really powerful concealers. No. Just use them very sparingly. Just got to think about people that re. If you ever, if, if you've ever watched like old masters being retouched, like old, you know, the, the people who retouch all those incredible paintings like the 18th century. Oh yeah. They use tiny brushes tiny amount of thing and they literally they're almost like tapping it on and they're reviving the paint and that's how you should approach it oh patience that's such a great analogy use like the tiniest even like eyeliner brush to apply it it's like retouching i'm picturing the guy in ghostbusters the movie remember the art (laughs) restorer that was in ghostbusters (laughs) like that's gonna be me with my uh my capillaries tomorrow morning I took us off topic, Jess. You had a question, right? So, okay, Lisa, you are not somebody who I would describe as a controversial YouTuber. (laughs) Lisa Aldridge, you are not the Jeffree Star of the YouTube world, but you are somebody who is, you know, both a makeup artist and I know you wouldn't describe yourself as an influencer, but you are like, you know, a personality. Have there been any bumpy moments in your time on YouTube? Have there been any, Mm. you know... I would say even just in, as as a as a podcaster, I've had moments where I have been you know less than thrilled with the response of something that I've said or a, a challenge, just because I'm somebody who has put myself out there. There have been challenges and learnings. Has, has it been completely seamless for you? No, not at all. I mean, I think when you put yourself out there, it is it is a brave thing to do because anyone can say anything about you and you have to have a very tough skin to deal with that and remember why you got into it in the first place and you know try and think about the people that um you know the majority of people that like what you're doing so I think the whole drama thing is just yeah I mean I've never really got into it I think maybe when YouTube first became really commercialized and I was quite disappointed with it which was you know, I had to sort of give myself a slap for being so kind of like pearl clutching and and unrealistic to think that it was going to stay like unsponsored. Um, And I think at that time I was a bit like, oh, I'm so over YouTube. But I got over myself and was like, you know, get on with it. And um, I've just not really, I just find it mentally exhausting. I think some people are just more, their personalities suit drama a bit more. Mine just doesn't because I've got... You think? I know many of those people. (laughs) I I just feel like I've got so many things that I actually want to do. And 
to take up that much space worrying about somebody that said something about you. You know, I think my general kind of motto is, you know, you really, you win some, you lose some, you can't win them all. You can't please everyone. If someone you've never met in your life decides that they hate something about your face or something, it's it's not it's, it's 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 not my problem. It's not my I I can't waste an hour wondering why they thought that because it's it, it's it's not my issue and it's none of my business anyway. And I remember reading a book when um, my son was actually a toddler and um, somebody gave and he was really having a tantrum. And this friend was like, "I'll read this book, Toddler Training." And um, it was it was quite an old fashioned book even then, but. There were certain things in it, and there was one thing in it which basically said that um, a performer needs an audience, and <laughs> you can't perform without an audience. And it stayed in my mind ever since. And I remember thinking as I read it, and this is years before YouTube or anything, but I remember thinking this book is great for me as a makeup artist because you know going in on set and there's always a performer and whatever. But if you do, if you don't give them an audience there can't be a performance. So I've just, there's too many lovely things to be getting on with in the world. There's too much to learn about. We're not here for long. There's so many things that I want to know about. I want to learn about. I want to engage with, Um, you know, just last night I said to my husband, just do you think in our lifetimes, a human being will land on Mars? And he was like, they will, but not in our lifetime. And I was like, when? Will it be in our son's life? He's Just like, Lisa, go to sleep. <laughs> See, that's the sort of thing that I probably today will Google. When do we think we're going to land on Mars or something? And I could have spent all of that time engaging with somebody in drama. And in fact, I'd rather know about, I'd just rather know about other things, really. And, and you know... If you don't like me, it's fine. You can just log off. You don't have to watch my videos. I've never. We do like you, <laughs> and our listeners do too. Like we, you are seriously one of the most requested guests that we've had. Oh, but that's the, nice. But Jess and I've been dying to know this, and I've gotten questions from people too. When are we going to be able to get the lipsticks that are available? You know, over in UK here, please. I know. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I think that. Um, at the moment, I've kept it quite small because they're really hard to make. and Oh, really? They've been hard, yeah. So I'm kind of only making those lipsticks once a year, but I am working on other things, so there will be. What are these other things? What are these other things? Look, yeah, I've never seen Jess more excited. Look how excited she is. Yeah. Other yeah. things? I'm only getting excited if they'll be available to Americans. Is that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, lots lots of other things and globally and yeah I'm definitely working towards doing a lot more so oh that is so exciting I mean the pigments I mean I've never even held one of these Lisa Eldridge lipsticks but you can see just from the screen they are lush they look like suede they look so they're lush a bit like pastel crayons you know they're and they're just like pigment um yeah no they are they're really pretty amazing absolutely can you this is just a very like logistical question can you have them shipped for a cost to the u.s or are they not even able to be shipped to the u.s oh no no i've got i've got um i I have a fulfillment house in ohio actually where they ship from in america so you can get them jess i know what you're getting for your birthday (laughs) very excited this is very exciting 
Um, another really cool thing for people who watch Lisa Eldridge videos, and if you're not watching them, I do urge you to log on because they're fantastic. You have these incredible rings, and we're looking at them now, just even on the screen. They just the light catches them. They're like these beautiful stones, and you got so famous for them. You started your own range of jewelry, right? Or you you made them on offer. What? How did this come about? I've always loved gemstones, and I used to do like weird drawings as a child with wax crayons and drop water to make them sort of shine. And it's almost like an eyeshadow palette for me. Like when I look at different colors of gemstones and I put them together, it's like you're almost designing an eye, eye palette. So I think there's really strong links between makeup and, and colored stones. Um, and then I just started to one particular jeweler who just makes one-off rings I'd been introduced to him when I was getting my engagement ring made because I wanted an old cut diamond, but I didn't want a vintage one. So it was the jewelry editor at British Vogue said, oh, meet this guy. And I met him. And then since then, he's traveling and he used to send me photos and say, oh, I'm in wherever, India or Nepal or wherever. And he'd say, look at this incredible stone. And I'd get rings from him, just one-off stones, one-off things. And I'd wear them in my YouTube videos. And then everyone was saying, oh, your ring's amazing. You know, I'd love to buy a ring like that. And um, I never thought to launch it as a brand or anything until I saw that two people had launched Lisa Eldridge rings, like branded rings, Lisa Eldridge, and um, two companies. And then I had to obviously ring them up and say, please don't use my name because, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and then I thought, well, this is a bit silly. Maybe I should make some rings and, you know, I would really enjoy it. And it would be just a, the most beautiful hobby that I could possibly have, which is to think about stones, create stones, talk to people who cut stones, learn all about that world. You know, and, and I, I work with a gemologist with 40 years experience and I've been to um, just to talk to him about the stones and the process. And I just find the whole thing really fascinating. And it's to learn about a new industry as well and a new art and a new science, you know, as you're going through your life and you're older, it's just so lovely just to know about new things. And it's really, so far, people love them. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really proud of them. They're beautiful. I have to ask you about what's in your kit because people want to know about products. But before I do, I'm going rogue with this question. Are you a tetrachromat? Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what that it's is. It's people who see more color shades than a regular human eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. I might be. Ooh. I might be. The way you talk about, first of all, the paintings, and then when you were talking about the gems, and then when you were talking about how when you were a kid, you would add water to colors and watch how it mm -hmm. different colors came out. I have a feeling just from the way that you talk that you might be one of those people that sees more shades of color than the average person. Oh, that, it could be true. If you like researching stuff, you should look into tetrachromacy. I'm writing this down because I'm going to look into it. Even as a child, we used to like go out for a walk and then I, I'd say, oh, look, the, the color of that door with those flowers, look how the yellow is popping out. And then people would be like, there isn't any yellow. I'd be like, yeah, because the purple in the doorway, look how the, the yellow, and they'd be like. <laughs> no, because most people don't see the world that way. It's, I've always found them fascinating, people who have that, um, you know, that ability. So I think you should look into it. I think that's you. Definitely. So we have to ask, we know your kit is probably massive. I'm scared to imagine how many trunks you bring to set. You must have the biggest kit. But 
what are the items that you cannot live without? What is always in your kit? Oh, God. Yeah, every job's different. So there's a red carpet kit. There's an editorial kit. Um, there's different kits for different sort of things. And I think that I would always want to have, like, amazing highlighters, foundations. I mean, I was the first probably person that used to go on about Becca shimmering skin perfect, the liquid. I remember when that first launched, I was like in heaven um, because I love that kind of realistic kind of shine on the skin. Um, I've always loved Laura Mercier secret camouflage because you can do picture restoring with it as we, as we talked about earlier. I've always liked really good foundations that don't flash back and don't change color, which is quite hard to find. So anything from a makeup forever HD to some of the Chanel foundations, some of the long foundations to things that I've just picked up in stage makeup shops and, you know, um, professional shops, the theatrical makeup that I've used. And what about mascara? We have to ask. Oh, well, I've always been obsessed with Japanese drugstore mascaras. So I love long con mascaras and Japanese drugstore mascaras. And that's it. Uh, because I just feel like when I go to Japan, the regular $1 kind of mascaras are so good. It's crazy. It's just so good. I love, love, love Japanese technology for eyeliners, mascara, um, lots of things. What's actually. the mas Japanese mascara? I like a tubing mascara. Which one should I get? Is there a Japanese one like that? There's so many good tubing mascaras of um, ones that you can get here. I mean, there's so many brands when you go to Japan that there's just, you know, everything from the... I'm not getting to Japan anytime okay. soon. Okay, no, Sorry. you really are not. So <laughs> I would say, I mean, I do like the Sensai ones. Um, and I, Sensai. Yeah, and I absolutely love the DHC one if you just want really kind of defined lashes. Oh, yeah. Um, and then anything, really. I mean, even like a Dolly Wink or something, which is just a very cheap kind of drugstore brand in, in Japan. They're all really, really good. Oh, I'm going to check that out. What about, I'm like very into just a neutral eyeshadow right now that's very it's pretty and soft, but gives like some definition. What are some of your favorite neutral eyeshadows? Um, I, I usually have big, obviously, Z palettes where I take all my favorites and put them in. Um, I've got a lot of the Troy Surratt ones because I really like, or Surratt Beauty, um, I like to be able to make my own palettes. And I like ones which have a little bit of shimmering, but very low level shimmer, because I just think it works better with most skin, not, not glittery and not pure matte, but something that almost looks matte, but has a little bit of shimmer, very low level. What would you put on Jess? So I would use, you could use um, Unatra, which is one of his sort of taupey brown shades that has a little shimmer in, just to create that natural lovely bit of socket shading once you've got that then you can add as much color as much shimmer as you want once you've got the shape defined um then you can do whatever you want okay so we always end on a little speed round of questions the five questions we ask everyone so what's the first beauty product that you fell in love with very first clinique and it was uh god what was it called it was a foundation for really oily skin because uh, I had the worst oily skin and acne, and you poured it onto a cotton wool, and you buffed it on. It had a glass jar, too. My mother used it. And it was like a pore-minimizing foundation, and that, that saved, it saved my life, because I was so, like, oily. That just gave me a flashback <laughs> to my mom. Okay, who's the celebrity you just know you'd be best friends with? I know you know celebrities, but, like, someone you've seen from afar, and you're like, oh, he or she gets me. 
Oh, God, who would it be? I've never met Angelina Jolie, and I'd love to meet her. I'd love to do her makeup, so I have to say her. And then you'd be best friends afterwards. Yes. Okay, favorite indulgent snack, and be specific, please. Uh, it would involve chocolate. I'll tell you what I had last night. I had some, they're actually vegan chalk ices. V- uh, what were they, vegan? Um, Magnums. Something like that. It's like a salted caramel, chocolatey, Ooh. nutty, anything like that. I love. Ice cream bar. Nice. Okay, what song pumps you up? At the moment, probably Dua Lipa. Um, I love the album, and it's the, the one album that's keeping me going through this whole lockdown thing. Because it's just so, yes, it's so earworthy. Yeah, it's upbeat. I keep singing it all around the house. It makes you want to dance. Anything like that at the moment is just been a godsend. Okay, and last question. What do you want to raise a wand to? That's what we do at the end of every show. We raise a wand to a product or something that we're loving right now. And you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say the Lagom um, 50 plus SPF because it's amazing. Um, so that is a Korean brand. Um, it's a, a factor 50, broad spectrum, but you don't get any white flashback. You don't get anything like coming through your, even if you put your foundation on, it's like a perfect primer because it's so hot here at the moment. Um, and it's just, it's it's so beautifully done. I thought it must be a nano because, and then when I looked in the inkies, I was like, oh, it's not even a nano. It's amazing. Um, so that, I'm, I'm really, um, I think that's going to be my hero sunblock of the summer. Okay, maybe it'll be ours too. Sounds good. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Lisa. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. got a listener raise a wand for everybody. Okay, take it away, Rebecca. Hi, Jess and Jen. This is Rebecca calling from San Jose, California. I'm calling with two raise a wands. The first one is the Love Scrub. It's been all over Instagram lately as it's a Black-owned business. Uh, It's kind of like a loofah, but not bunched up, um, which makes it really easy to dry and there's no mildew. So that's been a fun find. The other thing is the L'Occitane Almond Shower Oil. I've been using this stuff for like 10 years now. Um, it's the best for shaving your legs. And when you get out of the shower, it barely feels like you need any lotion. So thanks for the podcast. Bye. I love that. And I love that she hit us with a double wand. You know, go there. Go there. <laughs> I'll allow it to raise wa- two raise wands and one in one. Uh... Live a life of abundance. Live a life of abundance. Okay, but one thing I do want to flag as somebody who is allergic to almonds and has made this mistake once before, you do not want to use an almond. Okay, well, somebody else, okay, a spa technician made this mistake, okay? She used an almond scrub on my body <gasps> and my legs like bubbled up. No, it was horrible. We had to end the spa treatment. Oh, a very, yes. very famous, a blind item, guys, blind item, very famous spa technician. This is before did before not she ask became about a, allergies. They always no, ask that in before the before she was a name. I'll tell you offline, Jen. Before she was a name, mm-hmm. this person did that, and I know she felt terribly. She gave me two Benadryl, and I left, and I like had to go home. And luckily, not to the emergency room, but I learned that lesson the hard way. Yes, yeah, so like almond, almond oil or almond scrubs with yes. almonds chopped up. If you have a nut allergy, no exactly. Good. Yeah, always check and see what's in a body product, even if you have a, you know, a food allergy to something. So just be careful, guys. Um, But that is a beautiful product. I've smelled it very nice. So, Jen, 
Yes. Hit me with your razor wand. What's yours today? Are you doing one? Are you going two? I want to say quickly, because everybody wants to hear their own voice on our show, you can send your own razor wands oh, yes, via, yes. like voice memo to info at fatmascara.com, or you can call us, and our phone number is... 555 <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to get you to say our phone number. It is 646 646- 481-8182. And as Jessica has pointed out, we will not pick up the phone. It is a voicemail box and you can leave us a message. So yeah, Jen's not going to pick up. She's not going to pick up the phone like, yo, what up? Yo, what up? Or, What's like, your razor wand? <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall I do my razor wand? Yeah. I'm raising a wand. Is this meta? To a mascara. Oh, wow. Ta-da! Okay, so this is Marc Jacobs' new mascara, Marc Jacobs Beauty lashed but they took out the e and put apostrophe because they think that's cute for some reason i will say as everybody knows who's listened to the podcast i love a tubing mascara every other mascara tends to smudge or flake on me however the tubes in general do not give you as jess would say the drama they just Mm -hmm. aren't big and full and lush this mascara almost almost doesn't smudge i got like a good six hours and then a little bit of smudging but here's why it's worth it the drama. Really mm. thick, really long. Um, I actually wore it on Instagram Live, and I can't remember if it was Andrew Sotomayor or Christopher Buckle, a makeup artist friend of ours, was watching and kept commenting, tell us the mascara, tell us the mascara. And I couldn't because it wasn't out yet because he said they looked very twiggy. Like, they, it gives nice. you that nice, like, spiky. And I, I just think it's a lovely, lovely formula. And if it's if it smudged on me after six hours, for normal people, you could probably go all day with no smudges. It's a great mascara. Love it. I have to say, you just sold it to me. You just sold it to me. Well, there you go. That's what Razor Wand does. Tells you the good good. All right, what do you have? And those, both of those makeup artists, no drama. So I feel like, yeah, that, that, would, they would, that would put it in my cart. Okay, so I want to raise a wand to my um, colorist at Sally Hirschberger Hudson Yards, which is not open um, because of COVID. She has graduated and opened up her very own space. Um, I'm so excited for her. her. Name is Nikki Ferrara. I'm gonna put a link to her Instagram on the on the blog, but it's at Nikki Ferrara Hair Color. She was at Serge Normand at John Frieda for a long time. Then she was at Sally Hirschberger, and now she has this amazing new space. And she's amazing with all kinds of colors, but she's excellent at reds. Which, if you're a redhead, trust we both know it's so hard to get a great red. Um, she actually does um, the uh, Ellie Kemper, like from Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah, which is like yeah, who has a great red. And I just love that her space has the same, you know, she's got that real attention to detail that you expect from a luxury service. But it's also if you're coming out of COVID and you're nervous about sanitation and privacy and all of that, that's what you're going to get in her new space. So congratulations, Nikki. Very excited for you. And I hope anyone who's listening to this who's looking for that, you know, special attention and a killer color job, check her out. Raise a wand. Thanks for listening. Our show is produced by Atwill Media. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fat Mascara. Go to fatmascara.com to get a link to our private Facebook group and hit us up. If you have a beauty question, you can send it to us at info at fatmascara.com. We'd love if you send us a voice memo. We also want to hear your razor wands. Send those to the same address, info at fatmascara.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Just throw us some stars.
You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.